Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito. I was Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. I am Major Tom Neville in Revolution, and I played Sydney and the Mirror in Once Upon a Time, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now your hosts, Scott and Miles. Your table is ready. It's long and prosperous. This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 165. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are here tonight to talk about tons of science fiction. What is going on in the news world? We have a lot of good news, some of it which came out today. Right. So we're really excited about sharing that. We are going to bring, this is a two-parter, so this is the A, the news part. And then we'll release a second episode that'll be about 50 minutes long. It is our fringe panel from Farpoint. Uh, Fringe, of course, has been off the air for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Hey, God rest his merry soul. And we will, um, we're going to talk and dissect, you know, how we and the audience felt about this. And uh, we did this panel with our good friend Neil Ottenstein, who we met actually at Four Point last year. Kind of sat in on the panel, and then has become a kind of a staple at our panels and contributed right. to the Fringe universe. And he, he definitely did contribute a lot. Just yeah, and so and he also, and he is, he knows a lot. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed with uh, how well-versed and fringe he was. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, he puts my well-versedness to shame sometimes, <laughs> it seems like. But uh, So tonight we're doing all that stuff, and it's going to be a good time. We have a listener feedback show. We're going to be sharing with you somewhere in the next week or so uh, an interview that we did with Laurie Holden from Walking Dead. And so we're excited about bringing that to you because Walking Dead's on and people are loving Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Still rocking. We're going to talk about Walking Dead. We probably will have talked about Walking Dead in the listener feedback show which you obviously have heard or you can go back and listen to it if you did so it's gonna be a good night miles how in the heck are you doing uh, doing pretty good um as just telling you off air i recently watched the, the new um batman uh dark knight rises uh, part two uh, where peter weller voices the voice of batman um part two is fantastic um great battle team batman and superman uh, that's you know, the only little spoiler I'll give, I won't say who, who won that battle. Uh, it was close. Uh, but um, Of course, as always. But, um, yeah, so if you, ha- if you haven't seen that, I, I strongly encourage you to check that out. Yeah. You know, talking about Batman, um, yesterday in school, I, uh, we, were doing, we, were, we were studying a, a writing mode of, because I'm a writing teacher at, at the school, for better or worse, don't judge my blog post, please. But um, I'm a writing teacher, and what... And we were doing comparison contrast, and so I threw up a clip where some guy had a YouTube video where he was comparing the Joker laughs. Mm-hmm. So Nicholson's um, uh, Heath Ledger. He, thank you, Heath Ledger, just mm-hmm. in my mind, and then Mark Hamill's. Oh, okay. Because Mark Hamill does a phenomenal Joker laugh. 
Oh, he he his voice for Joker is great. He is he's kind of become the iconic Joker, like for the modern audience, right? Right. And you know, you just don't think, well, this is Luke Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has this incredible acting voice. Exactly. So no, I I always enjoyed his voice for Joker. Yeah. So, in the animated series. Yeah. So uh, very good to kind of tie into what you were kind of talking about. So nice. Does he do the voice of the Joker in this? I don't believe I didn't see his name in the credits. Oh, so maybe not. There's mm-hmm. they probably have multiple people that do that voice. So. Probably. Yeah. Well, I guess was the Joker even in this episode? Actually, he was. Okay. He, so he, he he was, and he played a very pivotal part in uh, this, um, in, in part two. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into the show, we do have to say that what we have up and coming. Those of you who've listened to us for the past couple of weeks. I know that we've had this ongoing discussion and debate. Is Star Wars sci-fi, and what does this kind of what does this kind of bridge into? Is to this roundtable discussion and debate that we're going to be having about what really constitutes science fiction, and as a part of that, we'll be kind of arguing, you know, is Star Wars sci-fi? But really, it's a broader definition of what does it mean to have something called science fiction, mm-hmm. right? To be science-based, you have to be fiction-based, and where's the line between that and fantasy? And so we always have March 19th. If you want to get your thoughts about this in uh, March 19th, we're going to be doing an episode where we bring on uh, Jim Arrowwood, who you heard on the Blade Runner episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to bring on Raul. Is it Wibara? Wibara? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, we're going to be bringing him on, who's kind of the guy that kind of helped start this discussion with his Sci-Fi 5 and 5 and has contributed various points along the way. Um, and then we're bringing in someone who really should know the difference between science fiction and fantasy. I would say it's got an authority. Yeah, I would say so. Keith R.A. DeCandido, right? DeCandido? I think it's DeCandido. DeCandido. Mm-hmm. Will be joining us. So he has done the Goblin Precinct, a ton of Farscape and Star Wars novels. Um, he is a writer extraordinaire, and we met him, of course, at various cons. And he's mm-hmm. been on the show before, I think, on a Farpoint episode way back when, and then we've interviewed him at least once or twice. Sure, he's been he's he's been a guest a couple times before. Yeah. So bringing him on just brings an authority to that, and um, and it's just gonna. We're hoping it's be. We're, we're hoping we'll come into some sort of agreement, and uh, and maybe can come up to what we agree a definition of sci-fi is, and maybe we'll conclude it just really doesn't matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know what, I, you, what what Rawl said was about Star Wars was that it, it was one of the most you know top five important movies in science fiction. It wasn't good science fiction, but it was one of the most important. And so, what is good science fiction? And that's really the that's really the question that we will answer once and for all. Probably not. <laughs> uh, this has been an ongoing debate for years, and so this is we're, we're just going to hash it out again. Yeah, we're just going to. It's kind of fun to go and hash it out with new blood, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right. So, anyways, we're going to do that. If you want to contribute your thoughts, you can call in your thoughts to one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, or if you want to record your beautiful voice and send it to us on an MP three. And I'm serious about that. We love to get voicemails via MP three. Uh, email it to us at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you think your voice is not the voice that you want to hear on radio and just want to actually write that out, we'll be happy. We'll be more than happy to, you know, read your thoughts via any email that you send. Sure. So, and you can do that also at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, for those of you who do Facebook, we'll post this on Facebook and get your thoughts in there as well. Mm-hmm. Have people just weigh in about it. So, it'll be uh, it'll be good times. Well, what is on the menu tonight, Miles? Well, we're going to uh, read our, our trivia question we read for last time, give your listeners a chance to uh, 
uh, vie for the, for the prize. And we already said that our interview, in place of an interview tonight, we're doing the Fringe panel. We're sharing that mm-hmm. with you from Farpoint. And in TV news, um, the um, Tim Curry is going to be the voice of uh, Palpatine in, in Star Wars Clone Wars from now on. Um, and uh, I, I saw this article on Blaster. And you can read an excerpt from it because it's funny. We love Jewel State and we... Want to meet her someday? No, you just end it there. We love Jewel State. We love Jewel State. That's it. We love Jewel State. <laughs> right. You know, you know, Summer Glau, Felicia Day, Jewel State. You know, right there. Yes. Marina so, Backer. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, I'm just going to read an excerpt from that because it's because it's just great. Uh, in movie news, we, we're going to play the Iron Man 3 trailer, which I think debuted today. Oh, very good. So recording this. And uh, you found this, a uh, recent casting news um about uh, the X-Men, and, oh, wait, you had something about... Um, Joss Whedon's jo- Avengers. Joss Whedon. He's excited Avengers, about the yeah. Avengers group, so that's what I did. You put this one in there. And in this week's twist, um, well, uh, why Star Trek's TNG's LeVar Burton calls BS on J.J. Abrams? Yeah, and uh, we'll share our thoughts about LeVar Burton. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> and we do have a twist tonight. Our twist is going to come from Colin, who's going to share his top five movies that he's looking forward to this year. Uh, I initially told Raul that he has a fringe one, which is also important and timely, but some of these movies are going to start coming out soon, and I want to get his his opinion of what movies he's looking forward to before they're actually mm-hmm. passed. So we're going to share them, and Raul will get to you March 19th. So. All right. So very good. Well, why don't we move into our trivia tonight? We already have a few people in here vying for this prize. Mm-hmm. What is what is the prize that they're vying for? Actually, well, you managed to acquire a really nice Star I Trek. I won. And you, I'm giving it away. And you won this Star Trek poster for, for the for the new movie this year, and um, we're also giving away uh, from the folks from Starship Farragut uh, their DVD of um, their latest episode, of The Price of Anything. Yeah, and it is a good DVD. We talked about it in the last podcast, and mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. I, the the, uh, the picture quality and sound quality they've definitely have, improved uh, definitely a lot. Improved. Now, um, if they want to an- if they want to get this prize, what question do they have to answer? So this is the question. We know Tony Amendola for his work in Stargate SG-1 and now recently in Continuum. But what Star Trek series did he uh, guest star in? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, do you want to see, do you want the, the series and the episode or just the series? Bonus points if you give us the episode. <laughs> well, here's, well, if, if you could, yes, you, you, your bonus points will be your, your geek kit goes up. <laughs> right, right, definitely. Right. But uh, if, if you just give us the series, we'll, you, you will still get the prize. And the code word? The code word is Tretonin. Tretonin. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Well, let's move into our first promo tonight. And actually, Miles, before we get into the promo, those of you listening, we... We've been playing some of the promos of shows that we are into, of friends of ours that we love. We would love to widen our bank of promos that we play. We want to help promote your show. Sure. And um, there's a couple ways. We like it doesn't need it if you can do any sort of voice recording and put a little bit of music behind it or whatever you want to do. If you have a blog, if you have a web series, um, or if you have a podcast that you would like to plug, even if it's kind of casually sci-fi related maybe, or maybe it's geek related, send it to us in MP3 format, somewhere between 30 seconds to a minute, minute and a half. We're kind of flexible as far as time goes in mm-hmm. that. Um, and we will play on the show. And hey, we'll share, maybe we can swap promos even if you actually are a podcast. But we would love to kind of share what a lot of you guys are doing. Absolutely, there's a lot of great podcasts out there, but um, only just seems like there's only a handful of uh, promos to play. So we right. want, so we want to you know 
help you out if we can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Jim, Jim Arwood, I'm talking to you because you have the voice for radio, you have a mic, and you do a blog. Come on. Where's your promo, man? Where's your promo? <laughs> right. So, um, but let's go into our first promo tonight. And this promo I'm really excited about because, Miles, we are about four weeks away from the new launch of season two of Leviathan Chronicles. Are Love, you excited? Very excited. Love Leviathan Chronicles. Season one was great. Uh, the, the the special episodes were great. There's, a, there's another one out there. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to get it soon. And I want to say this is one of the first podcast fictions that I really got into. Like I, I listened mm. to a couple prior to this, but this one, holy moly. Was their quality great? The story was great? I am... And we've been waiting for this for at least two years. At least two years. Right. Uh, so... Uh, Christoph, uh, can't wait till we, we can hear it again. Yeah, yeah, we've been waiting for a long time, Christoph. We're so glad it's finally coming near the end. Mm-hmm. I've been following. Do you follow him on Facebook? I, I do. Yeah, and all the updates as they mm-hmm. were recording in uh, Texas, wherever they were, hold up for a couple weeks. Right. And so, very cool. Very excited to have him uh, doing that. We're actually, I, I emailed him. We're trying close to the time. We're going to probably have him back on the show to talk about this. Very good. Because he would, it's awesome. But but here's a promo for Live the Chronicles. It's a promo that may represent last season, but it gives you a taste for what you can look for. And if you haven't listened to Leviathan Chronicles yet, what in the heck are you waiting for? You the have first it, yeah. season is free. And there's you 25, 26 episodes. You don't even have to wait. You don't even have to wait. You can listen to one after the other. For a while there, we had to wait every week or every other week. Mm, true. And so you get the best of both worlds here. So anyways, Leviathan Chronicles. We'll be deploying at over 70,000 feet. The suits will supply us with oxygen and maintain our body temperature. Air is almost non-existent at this altitude, and the negative pressure would literally boil your blood. I'm scared, Sension. I'm scared too, friend. Distance to target, 11,000 meters. All right, then. Here we go, Nathaniel. Ready? Jump. The wait is finally over. Leviathan City exists at over 35,000 feet under the ocean. Tell me what is hidden here, Evangeline. The pieces are in place. It is the sanctuary for a group of immortals that have existed there for the last thousand years. I regret that I have kept certain aspects of our mortal existence secret. And soon, that which is hidden. That is, until one group decided to leave paradise and live amongst humanity will now be revealed it's now or never and one secret black door is the only thing that stands in the way of the genocide of the human race will ignite a war (laughs) that will span the globe what are those things black door knows we're in tibet (laughs) all guard units this is evangeline and not everyone please tell you will get out alive i'm so sorry mccallan I have wanted to do this for over a millennia. Why would Evangeline want an army? I fear something very sinister is hovering around Leviathan. It's time to get ready for war. On May 26th, Chapter 25, the season finale of the Leviathan Chronicles will drop. Go to iTunes or www.leviathanchronicles.com to listen to current episodes and get ready for the biggest chapter in the Leviathan saga. 
I want to live. Let's start with some TV news tonight, and uh, we're going to start talking Star Wars. Sure. So Clone Wars Palpatine is going to be played by Tim Curry. Awesome. There's no crime in giving your giving yourself over to pleasure, or in this case, the dark side. Ian Abercrombie has been the voice for uh, Chancellor Pal- Palpatine, Darth Sidious, for quite some time, and his passing left not only a hole in the hearts of Star Wars fans, but a huge gap in the Clone Wars itself. Without Abercrombie who would play the most sinister of sinister villains from a galaxy far, far away. Supervising director for the cartoon series, David uh, Filoni, took the task of recasting the role tremendously seriously and came up with an absolute perfect replacement, Tim Curry. We had an extensive search to find a new voice for Palpatine. It wasn't just a matter of finding an actor who could recreate lines from films. We needed someone to deliver a performance that could stand alongside what Ian... Uh, McDarmid and, and, and uh, Ian Abercrombie created as a legendary Star Wars character. At the end of the day, there is a little question that, be, that bringing in the actor of Tim's caliber was perfect for Chancellor Palpatine. We have to say that we wholeheartedly approve Curry, who has played so many baddies to camp perfection over the decades, that we've lost count. Curry is set to debut this coming Saturday on the season finale. While we're still sad about the loss of Abercrombie, but we're still excited to see that uh, new flavor Curry will bring in the role. Now, let me say this. This will probably air like after, so you will have chats. So if you missed the episode, check it out mm-hmm. on Hulu. Check it out online somewhere, or maybe you're DVRing it, watching it. Or let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of Curry's uh, Palpatine. Right. You know, when they said this, I thought, well, why didn't they consider Sam Witwer? Because I mean, yeah. when you talk about a great voice for Palpatine, he's the one that voices Palpatine when you hear him on our little promo that we do sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So an excellent voice for it. But uh, Tim Curry is going to do a great job. Oh, I have no doubt about that, yeah. Um, and especially uh, what an iconic role to bring in. Mm-hmm. Are you watching The Clone Wars? I kind of lost interest in it. I have I've haven't watched it in quite some time. Yeah, and you know, part of this losing interest is not necessarily that it's bad. It's just there's other shows that have kind of taken precedence. That is, that is true. Uh, and, and so mm-hmm. I think my son, if I took time to watch it with him, he would be into it. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's gone from Transformer Rescue Bots to classic Transformer cartoons. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so he's, in the, he's into like the classic stuff. And mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. Do you want to read this next one? Sure. So... Jewel State reveals funniest uh, Stargate uh, Firefly cast member and more. And so I put up the article, I posted, put, put a link to it on our Facebook page, uh, but I'm just going to read it, an excerpt from it. So which uh, Stargate Firefly cast member was the funniest off-camera? And this is what, what uh, Jewel State says. Uh, David Hewitt was unintentionally funny because he would whine and get really grumpy when he was hungry. And, and I find his grumpy demeanor to be my favorite my favorite demeanor. Seriously, next time you see him, try starving him. You'll laugh your ass off. Nathan Fillion was the, was a court jester who would do just about anything for a laugh and always got one out of me. Still does. 
but I always found Marina uh, Baccarin to be unexpectedly hilariously dry, most because she was really uncomfortable in what they made her wear all the time, and when she's uncomfortable, she's pretty grumpy. Grumps make me laugh. That grumpy cat thing circling all over the internet is a daily source of amusement for me. Did you see him dressed as the Pope? Ha ha ha. I need a job. <laughs> we haven't seen her in much, at least even at least nothing geeky. I know she's done some some shows, but I, nothing I've been watching recently. Yeah, she she was in something recently, and she mentioned that didn't get uh, that didn't last. So, right. um, and I know that she she's been doing some movies for the Sci Fi Channel. Oh well, at least she has some work. Yeah, right? She has some work, but. It would be nice to see her in a regular TV series. Absolutely. It's always good to see people like that in a regular TV series. Preferably something sci-fi related. Yeah. Uh, And something maybe in space on, let's say, a Serenity-class ship. That might be nice. I I would be okay with that. Right. Maybe maybe her piloting her own. I mean, she is a mechanic. She could run the thing. Absolutely. Well, there's always always talk. Joss Whedon does want to bring Firefly back. You know what? I think he's just teasing us. That's probably it. It's just teasing us there. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, something that's also teasing us and causing us to want to see this is the Iron Man 3 trailer. Mm. Uh, released today, I believe, just came out. And uh, why don't we go ahead and just play, I'll play this trailer and we'll talk about it. Okay, Miles? Sounds good. I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl. And occasionally, save the world. So I. Can't I sleep? You elected me on a single platform. I will defend this country at all costs. The Mandarin must be stopped. Revenge. We do need backup. That's your department. There's my boys.
Did I just see? Oh, I just did mm-hmm. I just see an Iron Man army there at the end? You did, <laughs> and Don Cheadle right as uh, who's he? Poor Hammer. That is freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm v- stoked to see. And Iron the Man fact that bring the Mandarin in, man, the Mandarin freaking rules. Uh, ben Kingsley's playing him, and I'm sure Ben Kingsley is going. It to doesn't do even it. look like Ben Kingsley, but he's going to do a phenomenal job as a Mandarin. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am excited. Yes. Uh, th- th- I can't. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm a little bit giddy right now watching this. We can, we got to watch this again. Maybe not in the air, but we got to watch again. This is absolutely incredible. I was, for, you know, I was, I was looking forward to Iron Man 3, but after seeing the trailer, I'm we, def- we, we had a tease. What, a Super Bowl tease, right? Mm-hmm. But this is like awesome. When he jumps into his suit there at that one point, mm-hmm. oh, hmm. it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for it. Yeah, so uh, an Iron Man army. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right, right? And uh, so he somehow links his, shares his technology, I guess. I'm not sure. I mean, I, and they don't look like robots. I mean, I saw there was these guys. No, they are, they're people. They're, they're, there's men in those suits. So he, he obviously recruited some, some guys to be his Iron Army. I mean. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that story develops. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the whole Warhammer story, we're finally getting that. It looks a little bit like Captain America with his suit, right? Yeah, I, I, I like I, I don't read the comics, so I don't know some of the I, that was Iron Patriot or something. Oh, maybe so. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not. Is it not Warhammer? Uh, is that right? Maybe I'm getting this mixed up. But yeah, listeners, maybe you you could help but, us but, with that but one. But you said uh, the Iron mean. Patriot. I heard I heard that it referred to as Iron Patriot. But. Oh, then maybe it is. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but listeners, you can correct me in that, and I'm more than willing to be corrected. I just want you to know that I'm stoked about this movie, Miles. Can you I'm tell? Very, can I'm, you tell? I'm just a bit giddy. You could take it down a notch, yeah. Yeah, yes, I probably can. We should go see this together. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I'd be yeah. definitely open to that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, well, great. That's awesome. That, that is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. we got to move on. All right, so, uh, but that is Iron Man. Let us know if you're excited about seeing Iron Man. Calls at one 888 Are you as geeked out as we are about this? Um, maybe. Uh, I saw I saw that uh, Jim Arrowwood actually said today that he was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm looking forward to this. It seems a little bit better than Iron Man 2 for him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Iron Man 2 didn't get the love that uh, Iron Man 1 I'm, did. I'm going to tell you, though, I loved Whiplash. Ooh, Tony Rourke was just <coughs> phenomenal. Mickey Rourke. Mickey, Mickey Rourke, Rourke was absolutely phenomenal. I yeah, love. He was my I, favorite character. Now I enjoyed Iron Man too. I don't know what uh, what what people didn't care for, but uh, hey, we're getting Iron Man three. Maybe it has that sophomore slump that often the middle movies do. That right? that's but, often the case. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Well, another thing that we are excited about, and of course, is talking about Iron Man. Uh, three is Joss Whedon's excited excitement about the Avengers two script. Cool. If Joss Whedon, if Joss Whedon's excited, we're excited, mm-hmm. right? So here's what the story is, and I'll actually play a little bit of the video clip here. Joss Whedon has ve- recently been talking about plans for the second Avengers movie and has expressed his excitement about the script for the movie. In a brief chat with Digital Spy posted yesterday, the writer, producer, director confirmed that he has a sequel story fully outlined and has been given more free reign to focus on character dynamics than in Avengers. 
I have, I have a greater opportunity to dig into the relationships in the second one he explained, and that's what really is exciting about it for me. During the, pan, during the recent press event to promote his next movie project with his new spin on Shakespeare's comedy, Much Ado About Nothing, Weeder revealed that he's going to be going deeper into detail with Avengers characters in the next film. So you want to hear what he has to say? Sure. What stage are you up to now with, with that script? Are you, are you done? Or? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, are you Marvel executive? Yes, I'm done. We're fine. We're totally on schedule. Uh, I am not as far as I'd like to be, but, um, you know, I have the whole thing outlined. I'm really excited about it, and it's just a question of getting the time to write it all down. Yeah, of course. I know you've said you're not kind of sticking to the whole bigger is better idea. I mean, I think the first one was pretty character-focused, but I guess are you sticking with... Well, you know, I mean, there's going to be a certain amount of spectacle because guess what? People um, come to see They come to see it, and I, I, that's one of why I went to see movies too. But um, I do have a greater opportunity to sort of, sort of dig into the relationships uh, in the second one, and that's what's really exciting about it for me. So, in his own words, mm-hmm. he's excited about it, and it's kind of he's kind of low key about it, but he's excited about it. So, uh, what do you think, Miles? I'm sure it's going to be good. He did a fantastic job with the first one. I can't see it being any less than good in in this uh, second one. You give him a script. One of the best things about uh, seeing something that Joss Whedon does is the way he scripts things out. It's one of the things that, you know, when scripts were good in Dollhouse, they were good. Firefly, almost every single episode was just solid. I realized he wasn't the only writer on that show, Mm -hmm. but somehow he brought something to that show that, was just phenomenal with both Buffy and Angel and now uh, Avengers were looking forward to it I mean and he brought somehow made with the first one Avengers you had all, all these larger in life characters but still somehow not one upstage in the other and but still each one shining and having their moment and stuff and that's talent being able he, to do that yes and that's what Whedon is he's a talent absolutely well, why don't we move on into this next piece of news, and this is also some superhero news. Why don't you go ahead and read this, Miles? So this, this came from a Sci-Fi Mafia. A recent casting news should ensure clear weather for X-Men Days of Future Past. The cast of X-Men Days of Future Past just keeps getting uh, bigger and more brilliant as the weeks go on. Today we have the official announcement that Halle Berry will be reprising her role as Storm for the movie. She follows uh, Omar Sy from The Intouchables, who was announced to be joining the cast this past Saturday. Uh, the director of X-Men Days of Future Past, Brian Singer, announced uh, the casting of uh, Omar Sinad, Halle uh, Berry via Twitter, much like he did for uh, Peter Dinklage, which reported on here a few weeks ago. Halle uh, Berry, Omar Sy, and Peter Dinklage joined the already established cast of Patrick Stewart as uh, Charles Xavier, Ellen Page as Kitty Pride, uh, Anna Paquin as Rogue, uh, Ian McKellen as uh, Magneto, uh, Sean Ashmore as Iceman, and Nicholas Holt as Beast, and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And Michael Fassbender as a younger uh, Magneto and James McAvoy as a younger Charles Xavier and Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. This movie sure looked larger in life and I had to check out uh, the list three times to make sure I had not forgotten anyone. Somehow I'm sure it'll still, it's still incomplete, but we'll, it'll sure keep you posted on the latest news for X-Men, Day, X-Men uh, Days of Future Past. Well, uh, this cast is sounding pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Right. Uh, you have an all-star cast here. I mean, they, the original X-Men cast practically together. Brought the band, the whole band back, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. with Peter Dinklage. I mean, what the heck he's doing here? He's supposed to be like Tyrion in like Game of Thrones, right? But he's, well, he, he's rocking into Game of Thrones, so I'm sure whatever they get him for in X-Men, he's going to 
you know, rocket, just, rocket there too. Just as fantastic. Yeah. What a great, and I'm bringing in the younger folks. And so this is going to be an interesting story. Do we know anything about the story of days of future past? I haven't heard it just, you know, it's a time travel story. I mean, I think it's supposed to, it has to be with this. I mean, I, I, I thought it was going to be kind of focused on, you know, the X-Men's early days, but still there's, I guess it's going to be crossover with, you know, X, you know. So it's kind of a continuation of X-Men first class, but, mm-hmm. but, but still. An excuse to bring the old cast back in. Mm-hmm. So, all, all the old cast together again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles, I think it's time that we move into our twist tonight. Sure. And so, well, why Star Trek TNG's LeVar Burton calls BS on J.J. Abrams. Yeah, so you know how we think that J.J. Abrams is kind of the uh, sci-fi god right now and can do no wrong? Well, LeVar Burton may not agree with you. And, and he, he's joined by uh, William Shatner, who called uh, him a pig recently. So, Oh, uh, jo- called LeVar or J.J. Abrams? J.J. Abrams. Yeah, well, some people have had some choice words about Shatner, too, for that matter. Right, so During, what else is new? <laughs> right, right. Well, so go ahead. Let's read the story here. So, Star Trek The Next Generation's LeVar Burton seems to have some issues against the man who brought Star Trek back into our lives so spectacularly and successfully. In an interview with the Toronto Sun, the TNG actor and director who starred as uh, Lieutenant Commander Geordi LaForge on both the USS Enterprise D and then the USS Enterprise E for seven seasons and four subsequent movies had this to say about Abrams and his take on the, the Trek franchise. Uh, and we're including those darn lens flares. So Abrams' Star Trek was a great movie and he brought a whole new generation to Trek, but I'm a little dis- disquieted by things I hear coming out of his camp. Things like he would like to be remembered as the only Trek which would be discount everything before he got there. The Breaking Canon, which he did by reinventing Star Trek's timeline. There's also honoring the canon, and to pretend to be the only one is really egocentric and immature. I just came from a conference in San Francisco with uh, advanced micro devices, and they're working on uh, technology towards building a holodeck. That was uh, Next Generation, and that's part of that Star Trek has brought to the culture. So when J.J. Abrams says, there should be no Trek except the one I made, I call BS on J.J., Maybe we've been living in a frozen cave somewhere on Delta Vega, but it's the first time we hear J.J. Abrams and his entourage would apparently like his Star Trek to be remembered as the only Trek, discounting everything else that happened before he took the tired franchise into his hands and breathed new life into it. But then again, it's probable Burton is privy to things we're not. However, if what Burton says is true and Abrams allegedly wants his Trek film to be the only one that counts in, in, in Star Trek history, well then... That isn't right and probably wouldn't sit very well with a whole bunch of uh, Trekkies, Trekkers, this side of the Alpha Quadrant, now would it? Plus, we'd have to say that we're actually surprised by Burton's uh, statement uh, because uh, uh, Robert Orsi, one of Trek's writers, is a major, fervent Star Trek fan. So yeah, color us puzzled and green like an Orion slave girl. Still, what do you guys think about all this? Do you believe there could be any truth to it? You know, everything we've heard out of Abrams has been kind of Let's honor the Trek franchise. I mean, why bring in Leonard Nimoy if you aren't in some way going to ent- honor the Trek franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not going to play homage to it. Uh, why throw in all the, the, the little throwbacks and the tribbles and the, the, the ale and the... There's just a thousand and one things that he threw into that movie that are kind of throwbacks to the original series. Mm-hmm. That seems to be honoring. Right. Yeah. I. I like. Like the 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 writer of the article asks. I mean, this is the first we've heard of of uh, of uh, Abrams 
you know, I, I, have a, I have a bit of problem with it coming from Burton too. I'm going to be honest. I, I hate to say that, but when we met him at uh, Shorely this past year, um, I just, I don't know, just didn't get the best vibe from him. Yeah, you know what? And we had a good interview. We're so thankful for Shirley for lining him up. And we, again, we're grateful for the time that he gave us to just talk about mm -hmm. Star Trek and uh, the Reading Rainbow app that he mm -hmm. it was was kind of pushing that. And uh, and so it was great to have that interview. Sure. But at the same time, there was just something that uh, he wasn't as fan-friendly as some of the guests have been in the past. Um, and he was kind of... Into himself a little bit. Yeah, into I, himself. I, 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 I really don't know how to say it. I'm not going to say too much mm -hmm. more because I, I hate to talk about guests that way. But he was not one of the guests that I... I know you said he, he, Jordy LaForge, he was, it was well acted, but he's not one of my favorite one of the Trek crew. Right. I, I just kind of felt he kind of kept people more at arm's length um, at the con. Yeah. Um, so... so and, and to hear that, like I said, I've never heard any of this from Abrams Camp about not necessarily honoring the Star Trek that was before. And this seems to be contrary to anything I've ever... I've never heard Abrams say this about anything he's done. Mm -hmm. That his Mission Impossible was a better Mission Impossible. That he has the best TV show out there with Fringe and Lot. Mm -hmm. Like, he's never come out and said this sort of thing. He's always been one to kind of experiment and try stuff and to make people love it. And he... He he did an awesome job, sure. as uh, you know, doing Star Trek and mm -hmm. uh, and bring it to new generation. But I don't think in any way I've ever got the feeling that he is devaluing the prior franchises. Yeah, I don't know if Lavar Burton is just trying to stir the you know what or whatever. Uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows? Mm -hmm. But then you said Shatner. Shatner could call. JJ a pig also, so I don't know. Well, what was the context of that? I, I you know what, I didn't even bother to look. It just uh, it was like it just came out of left field. I wasn't sure. So I, I, by hearing that, I was thinking, well, I guess there's no chance of you appearing in one of JJ's uh, Star Trek movies ever again. So yeah, so this actually came out with Valentine's Day, believe it or not. So mm -hmm. maybe they, maybe he was trying to get romantic with Abrams. I don't know. So. Um, J.J. Abrams, uh, William Shatner, 81, called J.J. Abrams a pig for accepting the directing duties of a huge money-making film franchise, Star Wars. E reported that Shatner stated on Wednesday, February 13th, that the former Star Trek star believes that Abrams has gone too far. He's being a pig, the original Captain James C. Kirk told movie fanatic. He's collecting two franchises and holding them close to his vest. He'll, he's probably the most talented director of that ilk that we have. Shatner added, I think of him as a buddy of mine. I've taken him out for sushi. I think it's time for JJ and I to have another sushi and let me put him straight about two of the largest franchises. And not employing me in either one of them is just foolhardy. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, okay, so let's uh, back up. I'm not sure that he's being entirely serious about this. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe he was just, it was a joke. It was, yeah, man. It was, it was not meant to be, you know. But I don't think LeVar Burton's is a joke. No, I don't know. LeVar Burton was not. I don't think LeVar Burton will ever be hired into any of J.J. Abrams stuff after that. I doubt it. Yeah, I, I doubt it, too. <laughs> I doubt it as well. All right, well, let's move into our, uh, where are we at here? Uh, is that it for the... Uh, that's it for Twist this week. For the Twist? That's mm -hmm. it for the Twist. All right, well, let's move into our final promo. Our final promo tonight is for the good guys over at GateCast. Where mm -hmm. are they at in GateCast? You're keeping up with the show, right? Yeah, Mike and Alan uh, do a really good job of uh, reviewing the episodes. They're still in Season 8 of SG-1, and they're um, working their way also with uh, 
season one of us of, of Stargate Atlantis. I was going to say, it's taking them a little, a little bit longer to get through season eight, probably because they're doing two shows in tandem, right? Exactly. They're, they're One week they're doing SG-1, the, one, the other week they're doing SGA. So that's kind of how the, the listeners, their listeners wanted it. So that's, you know, that's the way it goes. But it's bringing on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, and here's the promo for Gatecast. Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Mike. We are two guys with far too much time on our hands, exploring the tales of Stargate Command episode by episode. With commentary about our favourite SG team's adventures. You mean the girly kick-ass team from Atlantis? No. We're talking about Jack O'Neill, Sam Carter, Daniel Jackson and Teok. They make up SG-1 along with General Hammond, Dr. Fraser and Walter, who lead the human race towards new worlds where people have certainly been before and some of them for a very, very long time. Then there's Shepard, Taylor, McKay, Ford and Ronan, who explore the Pegasus Galaxy. And on board Destiny, Rush, Young, Eli, Greer and Scott. Each week a new episode will be discussed along with news, birthdays and listener comments. Visit the website at gatecast.co.uk. Search for us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus and iTunes. Or via your preferred podcatcher. Join us and enjoy the adventure that is Stargate SG-1, Atlantis and Universe. Gatecast. By fans. For fans. Stargate forever. We hope you enjoyed our news items and the promos that we shared. We're going to end with a sci for 5 and 5, and this actually comes from a good friend of ours. This comes from Colin. Colin does what show? Colin uh, hosts the uh, Trek News and Views podcast in the Trek FM network. Yeah, so in Trek News and Views, and he's been on the show, and you know, one of the things about him, he continues to put up interviews that we do on YouTube for. So Tom O'Panic just went live on YouTube. So Fantastic. If you, if you missed an interview, go check out our YouTube channel. Just type in, you know, youtube.com backslash sci-fi diner, I think. I don't even know, but you can search sci-fi diner and find the Tom O'Panic interview and listen to it there. So if you're online, you can have that playing in the background. No video, just the interview, but it's a way that we can share that. So. But that was a great interview we did with, uh, with Tamaw. Oh, yeah. I think about that interview when he talks about social media sometimes. Mm-hmm. So... And some of his comments was there. But anyways, Colin sent in his sci-fi five and five, and these are his top five movies that he's looking forward to this year. Okay. Right? And so let's start at number five. And mm-hmm. why don't I do the odds and you do the evens, okay? So, fine. So his number five came in, The Wolverine. And he said, I hope they get this right. The Japanese story holds so much promise, but will it deliver? The pictures that I've seen of Wolverine, Wolverine looks like he's going to deliver uh, whether the script will carry it, the other actors will carry it, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm a huge fan of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I loved the Wolverine movie. I have to go back and watch that again because it was such a good movie. I love the Wolverine movie too. It was a great movie, mm-hmm. so I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Number four? Well, World War Z, just when you thought zombies had been done to death. But you haven't done zombies till you've done them with Brad Pitt. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we can take that so many ways and we won't. But um, these zombies are not just any zombies. My understanding is these are rapid running zombies. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, it'll be a whole new, whole new world. Mm-hmm. No pun intended, or maybe pun intended. Number three is Star Trek Into Darkness, the second film in the reboot. Redoes the second film in the original, or does it? 
I'm looking forward to that myself. Yeah, it will. It will be great. We, your your theory is still that this is a spin on the uh, Khan story with one of Khan's super soldiers. That's what I think it is. Yes. Yep. So that's uh, we'll mm-hmm. see if Miles is right. Lay your bets here. We're bet we're betting that Miles. Do you think Miles is right or wrong? We will find out very soon. Number two, Iron Man three, which uh, Scott and I uh, geeked out about a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. I especially geeked out. It is, Sorry. is the man or the suit. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're, we're excited for Iron Man 3, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, but the man are the suit. And number one, Oblivion star, his number one's Oblivion starring Tom Cruise, set in the future, where Tom is, all to all intents, uh, a salvage merchant dealing with God. I mean, excuse me, not God, Morgan Freeman. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, so Morgan Freeman, you know, he, of course, is the voice of God, right? Or kind of attributed to that because of the uh, Bruce Almighty, right? Right, right, right. But, uh, but, you know, the voice of God, Morgan Freeman's in this. And so I'm excited Tom Cruise is in this because Tom Cruise is hit or miss. I know some people dog on him, but I like him in, like, The Last Samurai, and I liked him in Minority Report, and there were some good movies he did, right? Mm-hmm. Cocktail, we won't talk about that one. No, we won't. No, no, but, but, but Morgan Freeman. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, that that should redeem the movie. Yeah, in itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, I believe that is about it. All right. Well, till next time, good night and good luck. Oh, well, we, we can wrap it up that fast. Uh, uh, well, I believe that is it, Miles. Uh, it's been a good show. We will be sharing with you our fringe show our, that we did at Farpoint. And, you know, coming out next will be the next episode that we release. Um, if you have any thoughts about any of the news stories we shared, your thoughts on anything we said that we've asked your opinion on, please call us at one 888 4343 or email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. Please visit us at the sci-fi diner.com website where you can contribute to the show by tipping us if you want, or just leave feedback or find a ton of other places that you can interact with us. Right, Miles? Absolutely. So we've had a great time at the diner. We're going to shut things off for now, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Okay, till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya.
Oh, great. You ass. <laughs> I am recording. I had the mic, mic up for that. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to come bite me in the butt sometime. Yeah, no pun intended. Ha, ha, ha. See that laugh. I'm going to start the show with that. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs>